Welcome, everybody, to the Wicked Wrestling Podcast, Episode 6. I'm your host, Hunter Chambliss, here, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Nico Swaburgoli. How's it going, brother? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Just got some chores out of the way, and now we're here to talk some wrestling. Some wrestling. Some wrestling. And a very special guest, a great friend of mine, my brother from a, my brother from a, another mother. There we go. Standing Sandman Robinson, how's it going, brother? Uh, Hunter, it's going, it's going great. Uh, I, I appreciate that. We are brothers from another mother, so you know what? I'm happy to finally be here with you and Nico. Uh, let's talk some wrestling. Oh hell yeah! All right, so tonight's episode is going to be strictly news based. Uh, we're doing um, news one week and then a review one week because these episodes were going about two hours long and they were way too long. So. And somehow we still managed to go long on the last <laughs> one. All right, so let's get into the first news topic, which is the WWE news. So let's kick off with a uh, kind of a sad note. Kevin Owens undergoes surgeries on both of his knees. I don't know how that's possible, but um, I have it pulled up right here. Let me pull it up. Um, there is no, there haven't been no details about what actually happened to his knees. But Owens tweeted a picture after surgery, and he wrote, "They had a two for one sale going on at the surgery store," which that that's kind of funny. Nico, so thoughts on uh, Kevin Owens' surgery, and how long do you think? It will be before he gets back into the ring. So I, we knew when they did that angle with Lashley attacking him that there was something wrong with at least one knee. Um, so we knew he was getting surgery on that one knee. My guess is that just to be on the safe side, they he uh, they checked his other knee and uh, they found something in that too. So that could have also required surgery because like. I'm having a flashback now to when I first got my ears checked for a potential ear infection a few years back. I thought it was in one ear. They check the other ear and they find the infection in the other ear. So uh, it's, it's one of those weird medical things where you're like, oh, something's wrong here. And they find something else wrong in a completely different area. Um, but um, Kevin Owens, he's a family guy. Uh, so he is going to in, uh, enjoy what is projected to be eight months off uh, yeah. because, because he still has a wife who loves him. He still has kids who love him. Uh, so he's going to make the most of this time that he has off by just simply spending time with the people he loves. And, you know, granted we were kind of unsure of where his character was going anyway. And at the same time, his character is Teflon. So when he gets back, he's going to get a big pop, whether it's heel or face. So he's going to be okay. All right, Sandy, same question to you. Um, you know, it's sad because one of the, uh, you know, one of the bright spots that I always look forward to during uh, WWE programming is Kevin Owens' spot. I thought the, uh, I thought the storyline with him and uh, Elias was uh, was hilarious. Um, yes. I, I thought it was really good. Uh, Kevin Owens. He's been one of my favorite people since he came in uh, into WWE. Uh, I, I love his theme music. I love his look. I love his. Yeah, I love the way he is. Um, WWE's always been really good at playing injury storylines, you know. So they get Bobby Lashley in there. They do the perfect thing to him and and turn him heel, uh, and then beat the ever living 
snot out of Kevin Owens and put him on the shelf so he can go and have this injury. Listen, we've been following wrestling for a long time, guys. We know that the wear and tear of a 310, 320 date schedule can, you know, rip apart the best of uh, best competitors, regardless of how, how what kind of shape you're in. And Kevin's been going pretty hard for, for a few years. Uh, it, it was only a matter of time. He's carrying a lot of weight on top. Um, you know, his knees were bound to, you know, to, to, to give him a little bit of issue. Uh, what the actual reason, like, is he just having his knees scoped? Uh, you know, is it, is it a tear somewhere? Is he getting something done? Uh, we could see him back sooner than later. It all depends on, uh, on, on what he had done, but until we know, then who knows, but I want him to come back and I agree completely with Nico. Uh, Kevin Owens, Owens character is completely Teflon. He's going to come back to uh, a huge pop. But let's get him back and let's put him in something that's going to work for him and push his career forward because I think he's been out of the title contention picture way too long. So that's what I think about that. All right. So uh, I guess a follow-up question. You guys think that when Owens and eventually Zayn come back, do you think that they're going to turn both of them face? Since Owens is going to get that natural face pop, they can like ride that momentum. So let's start with uh, Sandy. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like it's been really weird, weird in wrestling nowadays. I mean, you come back, I mean, like who comes back as a face? I mean, like, you know, and, and does well, I mean, Seth Rollins is a face and, and he gets popped, you know, Dean Ambrose's face uh, in, the in the, in the middle and, and he gets a huge pop at Roman is face and he still gets blasted. Uh, you know, John Cena's face, he still gets blasted. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if people are, would, Maybe Kevin, maybe, maybe. Uh, I think they like him as the, you know, as 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 a villainous type guy, uh, who just doesn't care. I don't know whether or not you call that a villain or you know, like a like a face or a heel. Um, but Sammy, on the other hand, I don't think people like him as a good guy. I don't think they like him as a face. I don't think they like him, you know, because in my personal opinion, Sammy Zayn is a mid card performer where I think, uh, where I think Kevin Owens is an upper card, uh, is an upper card guy. Um, so I don't know if putting them back together, maybe, but they're both going to be coming off of injuries. So, you know, they're going to be in tag matches to begin anyway, just to get their, uh, you know, not so they don't get all blowed up during matches, but I, I don't know. Uh, usually when they got people that they're putting their money on, then they, you know, they they usually come back to a decent story. So let's see. I mean, let's see where the Bobby Lashley thing goes because then if the Bobby thing really takes off and his heel persona goes really, really well, um, that could be a really big deal um, when it comes to Kevin coming back. Sammy, uh, you know, Sammy still got, like, didn't Bobby, yeah, Bobby came, Bobby put uh, put Sammy out too, right? That was, out, yeah. yeah, that was it. So, I mean, it could be a storyline. I think you got to get somebody uh, to tag up with with Bobby Lashley. Um, maybe maybe Elias. Maybe Elias would be uh, would be an okay partner. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see one way or the other. When anybody comes back for an injury, it's always they always get a huge pop. So it's hard to find that direction of where they're going. I mean, yeah. Triple H yeah. left. Remember when Triple H left? He he left and you know came back. He left as a heel. But he came back, and the pop was so huge they had to make him face right. So, mm -hmm. uh, Nico, it's hard to say here because, uh, in terms of what's 
more popular these days, heel or uh, heel or face? I'd say it's the in between. It's the smartass. Like people yeah. love smartasses mm -hmm. because like you you can take a smartass wherever you need to go. They're gonna deliver on the promos and uh, because like they'll just go after everybody South Park style. And yeah. um, and then once they get in the ring, they'll put on a great show. So for me, I would just like like when Kevin and Sammy come back, I would just have them honestly feud with everybody, both heel and face. Just. <laughs> Uh, like piss off everybody. Go after Lashley for breaking your knee, but then go after the Shield for uh, uh, st hogging the spot. Like just have them be the guys the crowd can root for. Like Mike Kalinowski characters, where they just uh, uh, like, like their actions can be judged from both angles. Uh, but uh, some people will applaud them. Some people might not be a fan of how they go about things, but the, the results will still be worthy of whatever reaction they get. I think that you should just let them have free reign uh, here. Let them be the smart asses they are. Let them have fun with uh, both heels and faces and just see where things go. Make them the megastars we know they can be. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next news story, which is... We have NXT War Games coming up, Survivor Series weekend, and we have the teams for the, uh, let me see if I can find it, War Games match itself. So let me bring up the participants. So it's going to be a four-on-four -four bout, we'll, uh, and, and the competitors will be the team of Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and the War Raiders going against the Undisputed Era of Adam Cole, Bebe. Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. Woo! What a lineup of competitors. Nico, thoughts on this war game match and the competitors involved? So the first thing that stands out to me is a few weeks ago, we had, men we had mentioned a report from uh, an indie Canadian promotion where Pete Dunne was the champ, saying he had to pull out of the events for that weekend because of an injury. And we were expecting an announcement from WWE in the coming days afterwards about how severe the injury was. Apparently not as bad as we were originally told they were going to be because here he is now. He's about to compete at uh, – uh, he's about to compete on Survivor Series weekend. Uh, we just saw the first uh, episode <laughs> of NXT UK yesterday. Which was incredible. That episode was taped about a month or two ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but still, it, it's good to hear that Pete Dunn is healthy. Obviously, we have the dynamic of like Pete Dunn and Ricochet and Adam Cole have all been feuding over each of their respective titles. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that adds a unique dynamic in terms of the teaming. Uh, for me, the the big thing is the rules for this match because, like, as far as, I've only seen like two War Games matches uh, so far in my life. Uh, uh, and as I recall, they were three on three on three, and like you'd have it, the match would start off with like three people, and then they bring in the two other members from a team, and then two members from another team. This is four on four, so I'm uh, I'm trying to think would would it work like it does in in the in the video games with uh, elimination chamber three on threes? Uh, that that's what I'm trying well, to think. Uh, work the way I see it's like. Because they had a uh, a match to determine who would get a man advantage, and the undisputed era, it was um, Kyle O'Reilly 
defeated Hanson to get the main advantage. So it would start like, okay, say Ricochet starts, right? Then it would go Ricochet versus Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And then next would be a, a member from uh, Ricochet's okay. team. And then so just it's like one-on-one. -on -one and then until all four are in, and then it's uh, first pinfall submission wins. So it's like lethal lockdown then. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so those are my thoughts. And uh, la last year's War Games was incredible. So, oh, it's so uh, good. So obviously they're going to want to top what they did last year. So I, I look forward to seeing how the, the rest of the matches on the card play out. Obviously NXT has more championships to work with these days now that mm – -hmm. Um, the, uh, the UK brand has finally taken off and they have Rhea Ripley with the women's title and they have, um, uh, well, they just, announced, they just announced their tag team division for NXT UK. So, uh, yeah. So like they now have a lot of championships to work with, so that can help fill the card and it, it's going to be awesome. All right, Sandy. I'll be I'll be completely honest. I'm not uh, I'm not familiar with uh, a lot of NXT. Uh, I follow them when I find out. I, I follow I go and watch matches on the network when I, I know somebody's coming up uh, to, mm -hmm. to to show up on on the main show. Uh, and I find that you know I, I'm going to apologize to NXT right now for calling you know Raw the main show. Um, NXT's been killing it. Uh, they've been they've been killing it since they started. Uh, you know, hats off to to Hunter and the crew uh, that uh, you know that that make NXT happen. Uh, I think it's the best. Um, it's the, it's the best developmental league, I guess you can call it, uh, that's ever been. Uh, it is. Uh, it is so. It's so good to see the people that come out of there do it. I'm excited actually for for War Games. Um, it's one of the first real pay-per-views as a WCW WWE guy. Uh, I mean, I, I love them bringing back the old names of the old pay-per-views and seeing if they can, uh, they can do some work. Um, but as far as specific people that are, that are, that are going to be involved, uh, I'm not up to date on it. I just know that the NXT kid, the, the guys at NXT, they push the, 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 the regular roster guys super, super hard. And that means they're putting really good shows on every single week. And, uh, so I, I expect nothing less, uh, from this pay-per-view coming up. So Sandy, did you watch the war games match last year? The one that they had last year? Uh, I did not, I, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, but, uh, I, I did, uh, I did watch it, but that's a, uh, me and pay-per-views are sort of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the TV, uh, the TV stuff mm -hmm. because there's more storyline involved in, whereas in the yeah. pay-per-views, it's just match, 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 match. And as much as I love watching the matches, uh, I love the the story buildup stuff. I love the I, I love the commentary stuff. So for me, uh, for me, yeah. If you were going to ask me anything specific about the, that pay per view, I wouldn't be able to tell you. All right. Um, and my thoughts about it is, they've been setting this up for a very long time. You've had the rivalry between Ricochet and Pete Dunne, and then Adam Cole coming in, and then Adam Cole being the first, you know, North American champion, and then the stuff with the War Raiders. And um, the Undisputed Era for the tag belts. Like, these are all, they're like three storylines that are woven into one. And it all, it's, yeah, it's all coming together at War Games, which is the perfect place to have this blow off feud. Um, 
I'm super excited because all the people involved, you know, and just I'm super excited for war games in general because I'm a huge fan of that type of match stipulation. And it just for a little bit of history, uh, war games last year was kind of what set the tone for Roderick Strong to eventually join the Undisputed Era. So yeah, so kind of like coming full circle, like he went to war with the Undisputed Era, uh, uh, teaming with um, uh, uh, AOP. Yeah, the Authors of Pain last year, and now here he is this time in the second War Games match, competing with uh, the Undisputed Era. So last year's kind of match had three teams, right? Yes, it was. It was the Undisputed Era versus Sanity versus the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong, and yep. that, and that was kind of where uh, uh, that's that's kind of where the trend of cosplaying as the Authors of Pain uh, was set. First, it was Roderick <laughs> yeah. Strong. And a year later on Raw by Drake Maverick, Maverick. slash Rockstar Spud. And, uh, yeah. Alright, so let's move on to the next story. Which is Matt Riddle, the person that we've all been talking about, made, made his TV um, taping debut. Let's see if I can bring that up. And he, I believe he teamed with Johnny Gargano to defeat Adrian Jody and Cesar Baroni. So, very interesting um, mashup of a team with Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano. Um, so, Sandy, thoughts about Matt Riddle? Have you heard of him? Oh, yeah. Um, anything like that? I think he's, I think he's due, um, you know, to make the jump relatively soon uh i think he's got all the pieces um he's got a good in-ring persona which i like now that's never a guarantee that your persona down in nxt or wherever you are uh comes back you know or comes up we've seen that change several times from from people coming up um but he's got all the tools so i think that if he can put together a really really good match uh at this event i think that we will see him sooner than later bump up to the big show yep nico you know my thoughts on matt riddle from previous mm. conversations we've had i've been following him since his mma career began he was one of he's one of the rare few people who has started their mma careers in the ufc specifically on the ultimate fighter the very first season i ever watched as it was happening uh live um and um, you know, he made a big impact very on uh, knocking out, I believe that the guy's name was Dan Stingen, and so much so that the poor dude was moaning unconscious for like several minutes before they wheeled him out to the hospital. Like Rampage Jackson was afraid of, of Matt Riddle's knockout power. And I think he was like the dude's first pick on the team for Team Rampage. And since then, he's uh, he's had uh, his MMA career kind of ended on a bit of a low note, but he always showed signs of greatness. And, you know, since making the transition to pro wrestling, he has taken just who he is in real life and made it uh, and brought it up to level 11. And uh, the crowd, uh, everywhere he has gone, has fallen in love with him, whether it be Progress, WWN, uh, Evolve, uh, Defiant Wrestling, uh, where he's made a couple appearances, and now here at NXT. Um, the world knows who this kid is, and he is going to do some big things. Interest uh, it's interesting that his first official taped match was a tag match with Johnny Gargano, 
because, well, let's just say if you went on Facebook, you saw a couple spoilers uh, for something, and uh, I won't say what they are. Y you guys can watch it for yourselves, but yeah, um, interesting things happening with Johnny Gargano for the coming weeks, but um, Matt Riddle, he he's destined for greatness. Oh, yeah, and I cannot wait to see his official you know, debut on NXT TV whenever they decide to air it. Because as someone who I've I've heard of Matt Riddle and I've seen a few of his matches, I don't know a lot about him. But going into this with fresh eyes, I cannot wait to see what he brings to NXT. So speaking of the signees, we have um, a group picture that unveils the newest group of uh, talent being signed to WWE under the NXT developmental and they are, of course, Matt Riddle, Mia Yim, which we talked about uh, two weeks ago, I believe, Nico. Uh, um, a few weeks ago, for sure. Yeah. Punishment Martinez, uh, Umberto, I'm going to butcher this dude's name, Corello, and Daniel Didot. So, um, Nico, thoughts on all of these new signees to the NXT brand? So obviously, besides Matt Riddle and Mia Yim, mm -hmm. uh, the big stories, uh, the uh, the big signees from this particular story are Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. I'm sorry, I didn't. I, I forgot to say her. Her name is the one name listed on the on the. I, I know. But anyway, um, she uh, has obviously made some big waves over the past couple of years. She was uh, in TNA for a while, uh, made some waves there, and then we saw her at all in where she uh i believe she lost the uh four-way uh to tessa blanchard uh on, on, that got card, on that card but still she was uh sensational at mm. that event e that entire match let alone the entire card was sensational and so obviously she caught wwe's eye um uh having Zack Ryder as your significant other is kind of helpful, but again, she got here on her own, uh, yeah. and, and that, that should definitely be stated. Uh, the other big signee here is Punishment Martinez. Obviously, he's just he just finished up his reign as Ring of Honor Television Champion, uh, and uh, we, we talked in depth, uh, I believe, two weeks ago about just how athletically gifted he is for a big guy, being able to do... Gary. Uh, being able to do s such high-flying parkour moves that for someone his size would usually destroy their knees, uh, uh, and yet he's just able to do these things with such uh, ease and confidence, and he is definitely someone to watch out for. Uh, my main concern is he's he's not as old as a lot of the guys who are running the uh, main roster uh, main card for WWE right now, but he is he is thirty six ish. I, 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 so like, if he if there is some concerns for that when he gets up there to the main roster, uh, he might not connect as well because they might not book him to do uh, the things that will highlight how mm -hmm. talented he is. Because that like we've seen it with Bobby Roode. Like Bobby Roode is phenomenal, but he's also up there in age. So if you're not really making waves the way AJ Styles has been, uh, there's a chance you might get lost in the shuffle. So uh, yeah. thankfully NXT, they know how to produce good content. They will make the best use of punishment Martinez that they can, as well as Chelsea Green, as well as Mia Yim, as well as Matt Riddle, and as well as the other two signees who I am currently forgetting their names at the moment. <laughs> all right, so Sandy, thoughts on all these new signees coming in? 
Um, yeah, well, you guys touched on a lot of them. I'll just touch on the the only one that that I really know a little bit about, and that's uh, Mia Yim uh, getting signed over there. She uh, used to, to to run as Jade over in TNA, yep. um, and she had a great uh, a great feud going with Gail Kim that uh, that I was watching. Uh, she's not one to be slept on, I don't think. I think it's a good signing uh, for it. I think that uh, she's uh, if you've watched uh, the May Young Classic, uh, she uh, she got a win over Sarah Logan who's already up in the, on the main roster uh, uh so uh, you know what she's got all the tools she's got some seasoning she's a little older than uh, than 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 some of the people at 29 years old um but I, I think that gives her a more of an opportunity to move up uh we're gonna start to need to see more of the younger girls or more women uh you know come into uh come into this female um you know, uh, evolution that they have. Cause you know, when you set up an entirely, you know, an entire pay-per-view, that's all, that's all women. Yeah. And you've got to bring back people that haven't wrestled in 20 years. Uh, I think that you might have a little bit of some openings that you need to to put on there. Now, listen, I get why they're, you know, they're pushing the leaders and, and the Trishes, you know, you need some name recognition in order to sell the buy rates and, 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 and get some good money out of it. I get it. Um, but I think that we need some good established talent because we've got some young talent now that doesn't have a lot of experience. Uh, we have somebody who's still relatively young who's been able to perform at a high level uh, and and is ready to make the jump in my in, in, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, uh, Mia Yim is the next one I think we're going to see, um, and I hope she does well. Oh yeah, I would love to see a feud with uh, Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler. Oh yeah, just because of the. They have almost like a similar style, like the kickboxing Muay Thai meets the MMA submission ground base would be just incredible to see. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's move on. Um, so SmackDown 1000 was this uh, this week, and it was a very interesting show to say the least. So, Sandy, I'm going to – Bring it over to you and talk about what you loved about Spider One Thousand. What you didn't like, just um, let, let's. Let, I always love. I always love seeing Mister McMahon come out. Um, which was, you know, the customary. We saw the same thing at Raw One Thousand and 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 Twenty Five, or uh, you know. So I love seeing that. I'm. I'm. I. I kind of. I've kind of had enough of the Stephanie versus versus uh versus shane all the time like you know she's the evil witch and and he's you know let's get the... a lot of people forget that shane mcmahon was just as bad and just as devious uh, or more so as stephanie and earlier because stephanie was still that <laughs> little waif of a person it was nice to see all of the it was nice to see all of the clips although they kept showing the same clips uh, over and over and over again um they could have done more with it. I thought, uh, I thought the matches were okay. Uh, there were no real surprises. I thought, um, I thought there was a really uncomfortable moment in there and I'm going to, I'm not going to spoil it because Nico hasn't seen it yet, but, um, I thought Hunter, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about when a certain group, uh, got back together. Um, um if to me it was a very uncomfortable segment all the way from what randy said to then you know then you work into what batista does and you're like all right 
okay, you know, not quite the impact that DX would have had, you know, you know, getting the getting the cheers and doing all their catchphrases and stuff like that. But uh, well, I mean, I kind of see why they went with. I mean, Nico, you know who reunited at one thousand, right? I know you're talking about evolution here, and that, that to me, that the the weirdest part is like evolution. I don't think was ever on SmackDown. So no, but they- you had like all four guys though were a part of SmackDown's history. Yeah, for a very long time. I mean, Triple H was WWE champion on SmackDown. Randy Orton, of course, is on SmackDown currently. Batista was the face of SmackDown for a long time. I think Flair is the only one that wasn't ever on SmackDown. But I kind of see why they went with Evolution over uh, DX because DX was more Raw based and it was SmackDown based. Where did the Shield get their start? Did they get their start on SmackDown or did they come right on Raw? Raw. Well, actually, they got their start on Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they but they ended up going straight from there to Raw and not on SmackDown, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, I don't think the brand extension was really in play anymore at that. Yeah, point. At, at that time, the brand extension yeah. wasn't around. Like they pretty much used SmackDown at that point as a glorified Raw highlight show. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, I mean, the the I uh, they didn't have any real like the real big stars didn't come back. I mean, you could you, you could make an argument for Batista. Uh, I you know I I. I I do because I, I love Dave Batista. You know, say what you want about his, you know, his, uh, you know, his his recent comments on Twitter and stuff like that. I, I that doesn't really bother me. But as a wrestler, I always thought Batista got a raw deal. Uh, you know, he went away. You know, came back and the Batista comments. You know, just drove. The, you know how I. You guys both know how I feel about the crowd and how they and you know. It just it's it's like you're let's say Nico and I are a team and we're going into a trivia match and we go into a trivia match and I come out and Nico comes out right after me. I mean, it's just it's to me. It's happening. Let's be real. The main booze would come from a few people we don't like to talk about anymore, and possibly Tim, depending on what I've done to piss. Yeah, but I, the, 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 I mean, I, I'm just a fan of watching the, the programming. And as much as I don't like some storylines, I would never, ever do it because I know how hard they work. Like, I don't particularly like the Charlotte Flair and the Becky Lynch storyline. I'm not a big fan of it. But if I saw Becky in the street, I wouldn't burrow across the street at her and give her the gears. I'd be like, you work so bloody hard, even though I'm not a fan of your character. I am a fan of what you do. So way to go. And, and, and that's just my opinion. So that, and that's just how I would deal with it. Everybody that pays their money can do and say whatever they want. I get it. Um, But when it comes to, when it, when it comes to, uh, a, a big milestone event like uh, a like a Raw t- 1000 or a SmackDown 1000. I know we talked about the time difference. Raw had three hours to do stuff, and SmackDown only only had two. Yeah, the fact that they didn't have, you know, the fact that John Cena wasn't there and he just did a tape thing. I mean, John Cena, perhaps yeah. the greatest wrestler that has ever seen the WWE. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, one of the greatest humanitarian people that's ever, uh, that's ever lived, you know, he's what over 400 make a wishes right now. So, um, 
he wasn't even there. Yeah, he did a he did a little tape thing, and the Rock sent it. They took a picture of the Rock's tweet. The Rock wasn't there. Um, so I mean, as far as an actual event for for Raw one or for SmackDown one thousand. I'm going to give it 60, 60 percent of 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 a mark out of a hundred. Um, it could have been better. I, I would have liked for it to be a little bit more exciting. I would have liked there to be the fact that I didn't know at least one thing that was going to happen. But I mean, I guess the biggest news to come out of there to talk about it was the Big Show uh, turning on the New Day for the six hundred and sixty-six thousandth time. time. <laughs> we all know that everybody loves the New Day. They cannot, if we were talking about Kevin Owens and Teflon earlier, the New Day is absolutely Teflon with oil poured all over them. Like yeah. They're the absolute no-lose team in the universe. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to promote the bar, you have to do what you what the Shield and what Braun Strowman and uh, you know, those guys did. You have to have equal amounts of people to, to, to go against each other. So yeah. you always have the shield having three against two. So they had to bring in three people to fight the shield. And it became more entertaining when you did that. If you've always got Kofi and, and, and uh, Biggie and um, Xavier. Xavier Woods, if you've always got those as the three guys and you're always going to have an advantage. So in order for the big show to come in, and be that foil for Big E, then you can have fair matches and 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 a, and a rekindled rivalry for those tag team championships, which yeah. is what we saw exactly happen uh, on SmackDown. So, if I was going to pick a highlight of of of, uh, of SmackDown, that would be it because uh, I love seeing the Big Show come back and be relevant in some form or another. Um, but simply put, as a one thousandth show, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, there was actually a few matches that I want to get into that I really did enjoy. Um, which was, I liked the Usos taking on AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. I thought that was a very entertaining match. Um, I actually love the, the Evolution reunion. And just because you could tell that these guys were just having fun. Like, they were, you know, laughing back and forth. They were you know, working off each other. And I like that Orton kind of went like legend killer, Randy Orton, like 05, 06, Randy Orton talking about how like, you know, he came to SmackDown to really like make his mark. Like he went like all like old school Orton. I love it. He did. And Batista had one of the best promos of the night talking about the three reasons why he came back. He was like, you know, uh, these guys are my friends. And then, Last one, he's like, the fans. You guys are the reason why I'm here. And he even brings up, like, the blue teeth and boot teeth. He was like, uh, no matter what you would say to me, I know that I've earned your respect and you earned my respect. Yeah. Um, it was and, then, more. Of course, and then, of course, Batista and, uh, telling Flair to keep it in his pants because it, it's a family show, which was just the <laughs> – yeah, it was it was it was great. I, yeah, I was more I, I, for me. It was more of just you know, like the tension that was that that was there, especially after Randy talked. Like he was all like, I loved Randy's promo because Randy's promo was great. But it was like, all right, we're seeing the we're seeing the you know evolution band together and stuff like that. All I really want to see them is all them to do their catchphrases, raise their hands up in the air, and then get yeah. back out of there and stuff like that. But then Randy comes out with that 
scathing, you know, the scathing, uh, you know, uh, promo that he pulled and everybody was like, uh, you know, and then Batista, when he got to his chance, he was, oh. you know, he flat out said, he's like, I'm going to ignore what you said. I love you. I love you. And I love you. And, and sort of it's that. And then the whole triple H and Batista thing, oh. that, yeah, I was sitting back going, what are they doing? And now, of course, you look at any kind of dirt sheet that's on the internet. It's like Batista versus Triple H at WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, come on, guys. Just like seriously. But uh, it was entertaining for what it was. I mean, it's I always love that it's moment. Always nice. It was more of like that. That's just like slight comment of like, he's done it all. Except yeah, me. me. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great like i said it was great it was just a little uncomfortable for me at the end of it i was just sitting there going okay what are they trying to do here i mean you know but uh i i, I thought it was i thought it was great i think that uh, i you know i think that seeing anytime you can see rick flair i mean you know and i wasn't always the biggest rick flair guy and i'm not and i'm still not the biggest rick flair Ooh. guy but I can respect what Ric Flair has been able to accomplish in his career and what, uh, and what he was able to do. Uh, but he's not going to be around forever. And the, the, anytime we get to see him do his woo and do his, his strutting and stuff like that uh, is, is a plus for me. So I, I was at least happy to see yeah. that. So, and he still looks good. So I'm hoping that he's around for, you know, a, f a few more decades. So. Yep. And what are the promos that, or the segments that I really enjoyed, and it's because of Becky Lynch, is that cutting edge segment. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because Edge was like, you know, don't turn into me. I, you know, I turned on mm -hmm. all my friends, and what was it worth? You know, a championship? And, you know, Becky Lynch just goes, I don't, she... I don't like myself, Edge. I love myself. And then she tells him to get out of the ring carefully to not hurt his neck again. She... I was just like, torched him man. she absolutely torched him. i read about this it was oh I, listen i may not like the charlotte and the becky storyline that much but becky as a heel man did has she ever come to play she is not she is not holding back on anything uh you know i, I it, it really reminds me of the of of the promo between ronda rousey and uh and uh, uh and uh, nikki bella uh on raw uh like they're they, the, the 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 women they are not holding back for no. ronda to be all like for ronda to be all like yeah the only reason you got through a door was the door to john cena's bedroom and you know for you know for uh, for uh, for um um Becky Lynch to look at Edge and say, "Yeah, be careful walking out the ring. You don't want to hurt your neck again, dude." Like that was like totally oh. lit, and you just fried everybody in your vicinity. So uh, I give it up to him because oh. you know what? We live in this community where people play characters, and sometimes I don't even have the best, uh, you know, the 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 best reaction to some people when they uh, when when they cut promos on me. Uh, you know, so for Edge to be able to sit there and be as calm as he was and take, and, and, yeah. and take it and for Nikki to be able to sit back and just go, all right, and, and sort of smile and let the smile disappear a little bit. Uh, you know what? Sometimes that shit's hard to take, even if oh, it's yeah. just for play. So I, I give it up to him. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. Becky is Becky Becky's killing is it. Right one now. of the best heels on SmackDown right now. Her Period. and the Miz are like. Period. Men or women, she is one of the best heels yeah. on both brands. She is she's really but, taking it and run with it. Yeah, because one thing you can tell is that like in her pro like in interviews and stuff, she was tired of the place she was at. Yeah. 
he was tired of not getting the title, not being pushed. So that's real emotion coming out of, of you know real life, bringing it into a storyline, and he's just taking like taking the ball and running with it. Yep. And then I I enjoyed seeing Rey Mysterio back. I'm a huge Rey fan. See him against Nakamura. That was actually a really good match. I love like Mysterio sliding out of the ring, hitting like a body press on Nakamura on the outside. That was just the the fact that Mysterio is like what 45, and the fact that he can like he can still do like that the lucha libre type moves, and the fact that he looks better now than he did in his prime. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm with you on that one. I uh, like I said, I, I said at the beginning that I'm not the biggest Rey Mysterio fan, uh, but I respect Rey Mysterio, uh, what he's been able to accomplish at his size. I mean, he's what five foot one, five foot two, something like that. It's just five, ridiculous. Six. Yeah, and, and and to be able to compete against the the the, the guys he competes with, um, he's an absolute fantastic, phenomenal talent. Uh, there's no question about that. I didn't know. I just didn't always like the way the WWE booked him, uh, and and especially the way his career sort of petered out at the end um, due to injuries. So I'm happy to see a healthy and um, and excited Rey Mysterio to come back. Uh, I yeah. thought that it was uh, those were some of the best clip highlights that you got to see. Where it was like Rey and uh, Rey in his prime, and um, oh uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, doing that, yeah. seeing Eddie, seeing Eddie with uh, with Batista, yeah. and seeing Eddie with Ray, uh, is, we got to see a couple of clips of China, so that was nice to see that too. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it's I, I mean, we'll probably talk about it at some point, but the world, the, the World Cup, the 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 greatest, uh, the, the 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 world's greatest tournament. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of older guys. On what do you there? think about um, the controversy going around about their World Cup having nothing but Americans in it? Well, technically, Ray is also Mexican. Uh, a Mexican citizen. So, yeah. Uh, so, like, he has that. I mean, he was, he was born in uh, San Diego. Fair enough, fair enough. But I, I guess you could say they have one that's kind of like their <laughs> asterisk of the eight All-Americans in this tournament. Um, really, you, you could have put Drew McIntyre in in, in, the, in there instead yeah. of Seth Rollins and maybe given Dean Ambrose the win over Dolph Ziggler uh, uh, so that you could, still, you could still push that Shield versus Dogs of War feud, uh, but like you could have someone who is truly worthy of that push that's of international descent uh, um, in that tournament and making waves like that, that could have been like we saw the last time they were in Saudi Arabia, Braun Strowman won the greatest Royal rumble. Granted that was kind of like non canonical, but still um, it, it, that's what drove him to then become Mr. Monster in the bank. And then, uh, push him into this feud that he's in now. And so, like, Drew McIntyre, had he been the guy they had win the World Cup here... Um, that would have pushed him to the moon. Oh, yeah. Very much. Very much. And, like, the, the, so instead, we now have yet another controversy surrounding this event. That's, uh, that's So many controversies around this Crown Joy event. Sandy, I know you're very passionate about this. Do you want to go ahead and take the floor? I, I, I know that I'm going to get very little 
you know, uh, very, very little argument from uh, from the current panel, because I know that you guys, you know, in, in a lot of ways agree with what I'm about to say. I, I think let's take aside that the fact that there's a murder investigation that's going on right now. Let's take that and just push that aside, because that's another can of worms that I don't even want to get involved <laughs> in. My real concern with going to, to Saudi, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia it disgusts me that a group like the WWE, especially with their women's evolution, I mean, like there's a freaking pay-per-view dedicated to the women because they they want them to have their own spotlight and 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 to be respected and show their talents. And and that's all well and good, but if you don't mean it worldwide, then what does it matter? What does it matter if you are going to the greatest the royal the greatest royal rumble or the world the world cup the whatever, and you are not standing up for the people that you are pushing in North America because they're not allowed to compete? Um, it makes me very physically ill that these these ladies these women who are busting their asses every day more so, and I'll say and I'll flat out say this just like in the real world women are made to have to be better try harder and get noticed twice as much to get the exact same thing as men and i had thought and had hoped mm. that the wwe was going to be a forefront leader in this women's revolution and show that no not only do we treat our women as equals we pay them as equals they have an equal opportunity on the shows like how many raws and how many smackdowns have we seen over the last year that ended with a women's match uh that you know so they're getting the main events they're getting the the title shots they're getting the press we see ronda rousey as the champion we see how can you have a female champion on both brands that is marketable and entertaining that you're not bringing to a huge event in another country because they will not allow women to do it. It is something that is, needs to be addressed. And I think that the WWE is already, already getting a lot of backlash, no pun intended, uh, you know, over, over this kind of thing. Uh, and I can only hope that they do the right thing. And, you know, they may not be able to get out of this World Cup thing because it's might, it, it, you know, depending on what happens with, you know, the U.S. And, and Saudi Arabia and this whole other thing that's happened. But I would like to see the WWE step up and say, you know what, we're going to choke on the money that we've already spent promoting this and we're just not going to go. And we're going to do it somewhere else instead. And we're going to totally rejig the card. And this is what the card is going to look like. I just don't think they will. And that makes me upset. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person that says, go and cancel your, your WWE membership, your, your network membership. I'm not that kind of person because I don't want people to, you know, to, to not love what they love. But it's, uh, I believe it's a very, very big black mark on, on the WWE. And it's a very sad day uh, when you can't, when you push a group of people so hard and that you cannot allow them to compete because they're not allowed that uh that's something that has to if we're ever going to change the world it's got to start somewhere and you know i was hoping the wwb would be that uh would be that beacon of light instead of a a follower yeah and, you had, you know? uh, yeah and my first edition is i kind of want to 
say apologize to the both of you because when the greatest Royal Rumble was happening, I tried to be the guy who was trying to see the bright side of the situation. Viewers and listeners of the show will know that sometimes when Hunter will pick vinegar, I go with oil. Uh, so for for like when the greatest Royal Rumble was happening, I was trying to uh, I was just trying to see the bright side of everything. So I kind of. I, I I like to believe that Triple H has good intentions when, when it comes to a lot of people on the roster. So, like, when he said, hey, we're going to try and change the way this country operates from the inside, uh, I, I, I kind of took him at his word because I wanted to believe that his intentions were pure. Uh, and, you know, when I was actually watching the event, I was kind of multitasking a lot, so I didn't really realize how much propaganda there was going oh, on. There were so much... So many commercials for Saudi Arabia. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't even funny. I mean, I knew those commercials were there, but I didn't realize how heavily they were promoting propaganda at the commentary table until hindsight. So, and now we're that I now that obviously new events have transpired uh, transpired in the nation of Saudi Arabia and. Um, uh, we find we find out how much money is actually being devoted to this event. I believe forty million dollars are being put into uh, travel expenses, uh, travel expenses and production, and twenty million are going towards uh, the superstars themselves. And six or seven million of that twenty million is being directed to three uh, superstars on the card. In particular, Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, and I forget who the third person is that's getting uh, uh, three million. Um, probably Reigns. Uh, no, yeah, it probably is Sean because. Um, oh but, yeah, but still, yeah, it, it's it's an uh, it's not a good look. It's not a good look, and the only and besides the money, the only reason I can think of as to why they're still going on with this is because of that old school wrestling the show must go on mentality like the people of saudi arabia both male and female oppressed or not they spent money to go to this event and so for wwe to pull out uh um it, it would probably it, it would probably like crush the spirits of the fans and i, I think that i think they don't want to do that so it's like it's the worst spot to be in because like do you do you try to be like they they want to be political leaders uh, but at the same time uh they they've made a bed that's very uncomfortable to lie in also Linda McMahon she's part of the Trump administration which has very, which has a very strong friendship with the current Saudi Arabian prince who is uh now being accused of his administration is being accused of murdering a journalist me being a journalist myself uh, so there's a little bit of personal baggage there but yeah it, it's just a very very awkward spot to be in and i'm very thankful i don't work for the company or do i live in the nation of saudi arabia because my god that there would just be it, it would just be the most uncomfortable situation imaginable um so b before you give your own thoughts hunter i just want to say some from the stuff that i have seen from smackdown 1000 specifically in terms of photos online there is this photo of the McMahons. They're going back behind the Titan Tron, and AJ Styles is doing his entrance, and you just see them look at AJ with admiration of like, "This is our guy," and we could not be more proud of who we have leading. Which is our, absolutely our incredible. Yeah, yeah, and um, also 
for those of you who remember this past year's WrestleMania, Nicholas, Braun Strowman's partner, was going ham on the bar on Twitter after they beat the New Day. Uh, so it was just like one of those... Nicholas versus the bar, part two. And then Braun was like, that is a sick burn, my brother. Sick burn. So, <laughs> so like, just seeing that, it brought a smile to my face. And um, yeah, in terms of like evolution coming back, my, I have this theory in my head that like, they have an evolution pay-per-view coming up, so they probably want that faction coming out. So, like, name recognition oh. helps promote the event. That's another thing. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a theory that might not hold a lot of weight, but it, it, make with it what you will. Uh, but those are my thoughts. All right, so let's move on because we've been on the SmackDown 1000 thing a little too long. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move on to the independent wrestling news. I'm going to skip one because I have no idea – I don't watch OTT, but we'll do that a little bit later. So let's go to Ring of Honor news, which is uh, Andrew Everett, former Impact Wrestling star, Jonathan Gresham, Marty Skrull, and Tracy Williams are set for the four-man Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest tournament. Winner will winner gets a Ring of Honor championship shot. Nico. Thoughts on the competitors, and who would you like to see take on Jay Lethal? Uh, well, the, this is kind of shocking to me because I thought, like, weren't they about to do something with Matt Taven? But um, uh, the the way I see it, there are, two, there are two names that stick out to me. One is obviously Marty Skrull. He's been getting a big push everywhere. Mm. Uh, like, uh, like in the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view, he got the finish in the 10 man tag match. Um, obviously he got a big, big match. He was the second to last match on the all in card when he went up against, um, Okada. Okada. Uh, and, um, you know, he, he, um, was just in the match for the junior heavyweight championship of new Japan. Uh, he lost that match, but still it feels like he's being set up for, um, his moment in the sun and it's just a matter of time before he has that moment of the sun uh, moment in the sun specifically honoring of honor the other name that stands out to me and that's mostly because like he was just in a championship match about a month or so ago and that was jonathan gresham uh like we we know from experience that when he and jay lethal are in the ring together uh it's magic so uh, like it wouldn't surprise me if it's if they go with the route of like uh, next time's the charm for him to finally beat Jay Lethal. Uh, again, though, the the big thing on my mind is Matt Taven. He's obviously been making waves lately, so it's just a matter of where does he fit into this picture? Well, will, or and will Jay Lethal still be the champion by the time we have a winner of this tournament? Yeah, well, usually Survivor of the Fittest, what that does is it grants somebody a Ring of Honor title shot later on down the road. They have that that match set for I think either Best in the World or Death Before Dishonor, one of the two. Well, Death Before Dishonor just happened. Yeah, so yeah. it would have to be Best in the World. All right, Sandy, do you follow Ring of Honor at all? Do you follow any indie? Um, I just because I was um, just because you had mentioned it and sent me the the list today. I went and uh, on YouTube while I was driving around doing my stuff. And pulled up a couple of Ring of Honor ma matches that like happened just uh, recently that I found on YouTube. So um, I'm not very well versed in everything. I will say that the one name that did come up uh, a lot 
um, during uh, during my things was Matt Taven. Um, you know, I, I saw the I saw his vignette or his uh, his interview where he claimed to, uh, to be the real world champion. Um, he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of um, he's got the ability. He definitely has the ability. He's got some some definite some wrestling talent. So, uh, from what I was able to see, I, I you know I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. And uh, now that I've had a little taste of Ring of Honor and 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 how they work, um, maybe I'll start watching it because um, they have a ton of stuff online. If you're ever looking for yes. ever looking for Ring of Honor stuff, guys, YouTube is your place to go because there is a bunch of stuff on there. Some really Especially really good their, stuff. Their Throwback Thursdays. Exactly. So, um, you know what? I, I, I don't have enough uh, enough knowledge on, on Ring of Honor to really make a, any kind of like predictions or what I hope to see coming up and stuff because I just haven't watched it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, let's see what uh, let's see where Matt Taven goes because he's young enough and he's uh, he's talented enough that he might, um, you know, we might be seeing him somewhere else sooner. Oh yeah, maybe. Um- the, my thoughts. Um, I like Andrew Everett, and I like that he's going to Ring of Honor. But this is Marty's year. Marty has been on fire from you know, I think pointed out All In to this past Death for Dishonor event. I mean, they're pushing Marty to a way where he could be the next world champion, and I think having him win this tournament and then go one on one with Jay Lethal would be just an absolute classic match. So I'm going Marty to win the tournament. Same with you, Nico? Um, it, yes, yes. And I feel like you, whether Jay Lethal is the champion or not by the time this tournament has concluded, I think we're guaranteed a, a bomber match either way, whether it be Marty Skrull versus Jay Lethal or Marty Skrull versus Matt Taven or a three-way, Lord knows what happens, but just any combination of those three, <laughs> um, even if it's just two, four-way uh, add would, a, would be magic. A four-way, add Gresham in there. Like That's just how good their product is. Is like You could throw everyone in there and it would be beautiful. Yep, yep. All right, so staying on the... The Ring of Honor train. We have a title change at a at a Ring of Honor taping, and it is. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, SoCal Uncensored. They are the new uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, beating out the Briscoe Brothers and one other team. Hold on. And the Young Bucks in a triple threat tag team match. So we have new champions, SoCal Uncensored, which is the team of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, managed by Christopher Daniels. Nico, take it away. Yeah, so this is interesting because, like, at Death Before Dishonored, they had just had um, Daniels and Kazarian challenging the Briscoes for the titles in two-on-two action. Uh, so the fact that they went with this combinations instead, um, my, uh, I'm guessing like maybe Daniels is just like, he's starting to settle down a a, a bit, or maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, um, yeah, this was an interesting development, uh, 
Like that that's my main focus is the combination of those two as opposed to like because Daniels, we we know he's money. Uh, uh, and uh, he and Kazarian have been together for a long time. So the fact that we're going this route instead, like who knows? Maybe they could free bird the titles between the three. Uh, 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 that uh, that is that still remains to be seen. But um, uh, good on them. I'm just uh, it, I'm just a little thrown off by the combination of those two from SoCal Uncensored being the guys who got the nod. Uh, nothing against Scorpio Sky. It's just uh, like I I haven't been following regularly enough. Uh, to, to know, like, why did they go with this pairing? Like, was there something Scorpio Sky was doing that made him hotter with the crowd than Daniels at the time, or did they just have other plans for Daniels? Yep. Sandy, do you know anything about SoCal Uncensored? I do a little bit, um, just with the the fact that I've been studying for, for today or uh, for right now. Um, well, And it was at a house event. Like, it was at a house event, so mm-hmm. the powers that be wanted to go in a direction, and they obviously decided. I mean, it was a triple threat match between um, between Kazarian and Sky, and, and it was the Briscoes and the Young Bucks in there as well. Um, and the fact that they went with uh, Kazarian and, and Sky to hold the championships after the Briscoes and hold held it for 218 days straight, and their total their total holding it was 120 or 1,025 days, the most in Ring of Honor history. Wow. Um, the simple fact that they went with another tag team uh, could be that, you know, the Briscoes, there might be some type of injury, uh, you know, that, they, that they're dealing with. That they So usually when they do something in a house taping uh, and not on live taping, uh, it's because there's an issue that's brought up. So I'd be interesting to see what we see out of the Briscoes in the next, uh, in the next month or so to see if they are taking some time off uh, to recuperate or do something like that. But um, as far as the actual people like uh, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, I haven't seen enough of them to know what, uh, you know, like if they'll be good tag team champions or if it's just going to be a, you know, a quick title reign and bang, they lose it to the Young Bucks uh, or back to the Briscoes, depending on what's up with the Briscoes. But um, interesting change. You don't see, you don't often see a lot of title changes at house shows. You, they usually try to save those type of things for when they get the most views out of them. So uh, interesting development, but let's see what they can do. I thought, uh, that it was a TV taping that they lost the titles. Yes, it was TV taping in Philadelphia. So you're right. All right. My bad. Yeah. So yeah, they absolutely had it air later on in the month. So, yeah. So like I said, uh, take away what I said, the last part there about, uh, you know, not uh, being a whatever Uh, they obviously did it for a taping. uh, So they obviously wanted to go in this type of storyline direction. Um, You know what? I've always said this, give somebody a title and see what they do with it. And if they do something with it, then you've got money. If they don't switch it out and put it on somebody else. Titles are easy to switch. So. Yep. All right. So Nico, I'm adding one more to the list. We did not talk about from new Japan. Chris Jericho made his return to new Japan at, um, was it Kings of pro wrestling? Yes. He attacked evil. Evil. And that's setting up power struggle, which will be Chris Jericho defending his um, Intercontinental Championship against Evil. So that's going to be a very great match. Sandy, do you follow New Japan at all? Uh, every so often, I'll like when I, you know, when I pull the the, the news apps up on my on my website, uh, it'll come up with something like that. Um, I think probably until we see what NXT Europe can do. 
which I have no no indication that it won't be just as successful as a developmental as uh, North America NXT. The first um, episode was incredible. Yeah, I know, right? And you know, so but New Japan Wrestling is what I would consider the breeding ground for great talent overseas. Um, so without really knowing anything about you know what's going on um over there or any of the real matches uh the simple fact is is that new japan is one of the best in the world and should always be look forward you know look look at who's come out of new japan that's sitting in you know that's sitting in uh, in in wwe right now you got aj you've got finn you've got nakamura you've got i mean the Carl anderson carl's car yeah exactly anderson and 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 those guys i mean it's for a second there uh oscar uh you know and you know i think that you know, I think that they're 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 really uh, a really great place to go, especially if you're not getting as many matches as you'd like. Um, look at Chris Jericho. I mean, Chris Jericho's over there. I mean, he could. You know, why isn't he wrestling in the WWE if he's wrestling over in New Japan, right? You know, they may not have had a story for him in in WWE. And bingo, you can go over there. And if Chris has still got it, he's still got it, right? Yeah. All right, Nico, thoughts on this, real quick. Uh, so. For behind-the-scenes reasons, I think this is going to set up where Chris Jericho drops the IC title. Too Spe evil? Yes, too evil, because, like, from what I understand, the reason why Chris Jericho was able to come to New Japan was because of his relationship with Don Callis, who had a relationship with New Japan. Since then, apparently, New Japan and Don Callis, uh, their relationship has kind of dwindled, uh, if not completely gone to thin air so uh chris jericho might be feeling a little sa sour about the relationship now between himself and new japan so this might be like where he drops the title and he's talked about going to impact he still has his big cruise ship event coming up uh so um chris jericho he he obviously wants to do his own thing at this point in his career and that's why he's able to wrestle wherever he goes and still tour with fozzy uh so it's not about titles for him at this point. Titles are basically just an additional luxury for him. Evil could do great things with this title, especially considering the storyline they've got him booked in right now, where people are questioning if he actually is evil, if he still has the dark side within him. And a win over Chris Jericho uh, uh, could definitely uh, mm -hmm. help uh, quiet those uh, discussions that, uh, that are happening in kayfabe. Uh, so... I, I see this as this will be Evil's uh, most recent coming out party, uh, and this is and Jericho he'll be fine wherever he goes after this. Yep. All right, so let's get to the final news topic today, and it we're staying in New Japan because we have a new Bullet Club member, Bullet Club OGs, which is Tamatanga, Tongaroa, and um, Balak Fale, and now they are joined by the Switchblade. Jay White. Nico, what the hell is going on? So, first off, just a question to you both. Do you feel like Jay White both looks and sounds a little bit like our own Michael Campbell? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we got to do a side-by-side -side photo of those two. Uh, Which, um, I want to ask them real quick. I am loving the Switchblade character. Yeah, like, it... it started off a little strange like it wasn't something we were used to uh, like it was like a 
Edward Scissorhands-ish, the way it was being portrayed. And then since yeah. then, he's had enough time where he's been able to make the character his own and just really shine with it. And, mm. you know, so much so that, like, Bullet Club Elite tried to recruit him earlier this year, back when Omega was the U.S. champion. And yeah. uh, uh, Switchblade said, no, joined Chaos, brought some chaos into the faction uh, uh, to the point that, Lord knows where the status of that faction is at this point. Yeah. Uh, and now he's just like, I like the way these guys do things. I'm going to join the OG Bullet Club. Iron Squad, which that's a perfect place for Switchblade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like, he, he fits right in. And like it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, things they do with him. Like uh, The Bullet Club OG... They already have the tag championships. They already have the never six-man championships. Uh, uh, so, like, it, Switchblade, depending on where he goes next, that's a big addition to uh, that faction. Which I feel like they might be setting up Switchblade versus Cody for the U.S. title. Oh, that that would be that would be interesting because, like, the oh. Fire Squad turned on Cody. Cody wants revenge. Switchblade wants the title. You can. And th th that could be where we see more of, like, Cody seeing how much he can do as a face versus a heel. Because, like, his character is basically what he needs to be for the crowd yeah. he's playing towards at this point. Like, he'll be the two-faced guy who, like, oh, we're doing all in. I got to put on my best face. But now we're back in Japan, so going to kick you in the groin. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm going to let Sandy talk now. All right, Sandy. Uh, how much do you know about Switchblade? Um and thoughts on the Bullet Club? Just floor is yours. I don't know a lot about him. A, I like his look. Uh, B, I like his gimmick. I love uh, I love the Switchblade comment, and I love that the fact that uh, his one of his finishing maneuvers is called the Blade Runner, and I've watched it. It's a pretty kick-ass uh, finisher move, so I, I really dig it. Um, him, like I said, him being young, it's going to benefit him. Uh, so much by by joining the bullet club og that he's got some people that have been in the business for a long long time uh i think it'll be a good chance for him to hone his skills um i like this kid's look so much that i would love to see i would love to see him make the jump in a year or two uh to 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 either nxt and up to, to things i would love to see a feud between him and finn balor uh, I think they have very similar styles. Uh, comes out. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, you could have it where you know this kid just comes in there and beats on him every you know couple and just runs out of there just quick like a switchblade, and then bang, you know, then he makes a match and we see the demon. I think that has a potential of being an all-star match that you would never ever think about. But mm -hmm. I think Finn has got the talent to do it. And I think this kid has got with a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more ring, uh, ring control. I think he will, uh, I think he'll eventually be a really good, yeah. uh, good Mark. Uh, what, depending on where, what, what they're going to do with him in, uh, in, in OG, um, giving him a minor title, you know, uh, to, to play with first, like I said earlier, uh, if the guy's got talent, give him give him a title and see what he does with it. See if he can draw. If he can, like we, we already know, he's got lots of fans. He gets a huge pop every time he every time he walks out there. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things that pops up on YouTube when you put the Switchblade uh, 
Jay in there is that uh, that comes up and his crowd pops have been absolutely humongous. Uh, so I think he's got a lot of potential. We'll see if A, he can stay healthy and B, he can parlay it into uh, a bit more of a uh, headlining kind of deal. So that's about all I know of him just because I'm not as familiar with New Pro or New Japan Pro as everybody yeah. else is. So see, going back to like Dream WWE matches, I would like to see Jay White taking on Bray Wyatt just for like the mind game aspect that both of them could play with each other. Nice. And just like the crazy promos they could have. See, I liked what Sandy was putting down. Uh, and I was thinking like, what if this were still the Attitude Era? Like you could have Switchblade just basically stab Finn Balor and he comes back <laughs> as a demon. Uh, uh, and like, like, isn't that not a perfect way to channel the demon? Is to like, <laughs> yeah, I just come and stab him with the ring, run off. Yeah, like you're dead, and then all of a sudden, oh no, the demon comes like, out. Some supernatural being of horror. Uh, like, uh, oh my god, it's terrible, but it's good. Oh, you could almost play that. You could almost play that where he comes in there, fake stabs him with his switchblade, and then we don't see Finn for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden we see smoke. And the demon comes out and he goes and cuts a promo on Switchblade. And then, uh, yeah, you set it up for that. Ah, that's a good book idea. It, bitch, book it now. Yep. All that's right. Yeah. So that's, that's all of our new segments. Well, uh, um, we uh, just rapid fire. Let's just rapid fire these. Um, Minoru Suzuki dropped the British heavyweight title to Tomohiro Ishii. Bound for Glory was this past weekend. Um, Austin Aries We're left. On, uh, it, uh, and we'll that um, one next week. And um, the NWA 70th anniversary is coming up this Sunday. So, And speaking of NWA, I will just use Nico's awesome segue into just a last little bit of, uh, of news from me here. Uh, former w, uh, WCW and NWA tag team champion Dirty Dick Slater has passed away. Um, I had the pleasure of actually seeing um, him, uh, him, him, um, him wrestle in a little indie thing that was done in, in Kamloops one year. And uh, I didn't get to meet him personally, but I get to, I got to see him. So uh, he was uh, probably one of the thickest wrestlers. And Nico knows what I'm talking about when I say thick. Uh, the dude was just, he was just, he was, he was like the anvil. He was like, just like, not like not bulging my biceps or, you know, thick abs, you know, six pack abs. But just an absolute brick shit house. Uh, I don't think you could move him with a Mack truck. Um, so uh, our con my condolences and 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 your guys especially will go out to the the Slater family. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Dirty Dick. You, uh, you 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 performed and entertained us for a long time. Thank you very much for that. Yep. All right. So let's get into our plugs. Let's start off with our guest Sandy. Where do people find you? Oh, well, thank you very much for having me on today, Hunter. It was a great, great time, Hunter and Nico. Uh, you guys can find me all over the interwebs, uh, playing in full metal singles and full metal teams, playing over at Multiplex Entertainment in uh, singles and in teams. You can see me every Saturday on Take 3 with my partner, Matt Kearns, for our uh, Rhyme and Reason uh, of show that we do, where we talk about everything you guys should like but don't. Uh, and uh, you guys can see me usually uh, on Take 3's watch-alongs on Wednesday nights and late night with Take 3 with Brooklyn and all the rest of the crew, uh, usually on Thursdays, but I will not be on this week as I am spanking busy, and you can see me on uh, Facebook and on Twitter at srobinson1799. Hit me up and I'll friend you. 
Hi, Nico. Uh, mostly Facebook, but sometimes Twitter and YouTube at Nico Suaveregoli. That's N-I-C-O-S-U-A-V-E-R-E-G-O-L-I. You can find me with Hunter every week for the Week of Wrestling podcast, where I am the positive side. He is the negative side most of the time. Uh, and you can find me at Multiplex Entertainment. I write the descriptions for the videos, and the name of the group is Multiplex Entertainment. That's for Facebook and YouTube. The Twitter is at Multiplex YT. The Instagram is Multiplex Entertainment Network. The T Public is just Multiplex. Uh, we have uh, some new shirts coming out, and T Public just let us start designing the backs of the shirts so we can get a little more creative um, uh, around the league, which is the talk show that I host, our recap show. That's every Sunday. Uh, uh, usually at night, the time differs. Um, Mondays is Movie War Zone, which is just general movie trivia. Tuesday is TV Throwdown or TV Fandom slash Phantom TV slash we really need a good name for that division. Uh, but uh, uh, it's mostly just TV trivia, sometimes general, sometimes more fandom slash geek centric uh, stuff. Uh, sports Battlefield is on Wednesdays, as well as Fantasy Football. Sandy, you just had a Sports Battlefield match that aired last night against um, Jim Green, who is the current TV Throwdown champion. Um, Thursdays were off. Friday is Fandom Fight, sometimes singles, sometimes teams, uh, sometimes both. And Saturday is Nerdgasm, which is our debate show. Fuck debates. I hate them. And finally, you can find me taking on Sandy in the inaugural episode of Combat Zone Wrestling Trivia, hosted by Hunter Chambliss on Film Nerd TV. Ooh, I cannot wait for that one. That's going to be fun. Here's a spoiler, folks. Nico's going to win. <laughs> Just putting it out there. It's going to be a slaughter. It will only, not be a slaughter. Only if WCW is not on the wheel. WCW will be on the wheel. God damn it. <laughs> You guys can uh, find me over at my YouTube channel, Film Nerd TV. You guys can find me sometimes over at, at Multiplex, either co-hosting question writing now with Four Movie Warzone, or as a competitor. You guys can also check out this podcast where podcasts are sold, including uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Just We're all over the place. Thank you for joining us, and that was the week of wrestling. Later. <laughs>